Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report on Thursday, the 14th of October, 2021. I'm Dom Knight. Hello, Charles Firth. Hello, Dom. Now, this was actually pre-recorded last Friday, right? Mm. Us talking now was actually done last Friday. Yeah, we're having the week off. It's been yeah. it's been fantastic, I hope. But I thought as an interesting Thursday challenge, why don't we just try and riff on the news of the day, even though we don't know what the news of the day is? What do you reckon? Oh, we'll give it a go. May as well okay. work a little bit. Yeah. So, Dom, Dom, don't you think... Uh, the corruption allegations against that federal politician are, are pretty amazing and very saucy. I mean, amazingly saucy, amazingly mm. serious. And, yeah. I mean, the obvious question is, why haven't they resigned yet? Why haven't they been sacked? Why have there been oh, no consequences? Exactly. But I suspect there won't be. I suspect they'll yeah. just basically get away with it, Charles. Where is Scott Morrison on this? Where is he? I mean, That's if he's I not in Hawaii and- physically, he's certainly mentally in Hawaii. And yeah. most of the time, in fact. And, uh, look... Very disappointing news about uh, the the climate change stuff, isn't it? I mean, all mm. the stuff, you know, you'd think in the lead up to Glasgow, um, they'd be really set on making uh, some tough decisions. But, uh, gee, it, it really puts Australia to shame, don't it you It does. Think? I just think yes. it's very clear we're not going to do anything. And I must say that on a personal note, I'm very disappointed in Dan Illich, who... Um, mm. We had on the podcast last week plugging his huge, amazing joke keeper scheme, and it's been revealed that he's actually just being funded by petrodollars. Uh, it's just all it's just all money from from BP and, and Mobile and Shell. And Dan, yes. I'm so disappointed. I thought you were a true believer, mate. Nah, exactly. You shill. Yes, and look, I, I think it was very odd Scott Morrison choosing this week to to take off and and go to Hawaii. I mean, you know, like he should have learnt last time from the bushfires. It's just not on to do that. Well, I just think basically on his way into the plane when he goes overseas, he presses some sort of button that unleashes a crisis of the sort that we've seen this week. The yeah. uh, make sure let's make sure we edit this so that it's correct. The uh, yeah. the bushfires, <laughs> the floods, the earthquake, earthquakes, the yeah. typhoon, um, yeah. Godzilla rising from the ocean uh, off Melbourne, a second global pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the nuclear strike that happened on Perth this week. Entirely because Scott Morrison left the country. Mind you, that wouldn't be a disaster. <laughs> oh, and Charles, I mean, <laughs> um, the spike in case numbers of, uh, in New South Wales, I mean, we, we predicted last week that it was coming. Who would have oh, thought it yeah. would come so soon under Dominic Perrottet's um, relatively negligent approach to managing the crisis? <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed. I mean, it doesn't even make scientific sense for it to happen so quickly. No, but, you would think uh, that it would take a two weeks or so to incubate. But no, it turns yeah. out um, he's the COVID-friendly premier. Mm. But it is nice to hear that Dominic Perrottet has his seventh, eighth, and ninth child on the way. So um, very exciting! Very that was exciting. very exciting news. Congratulations, uh, Premier Dom, um, yeah. on, on all the extra offspring. In the world of entertainment, uh, 
I, I can't believe Daryl Summers has brought back Hey Hey at Saturday this week. Uh, he's been <laughs> angling for that for so long. Um, actually, isn't there actually a reunion? Co- like in all sincerity? Yeah, I think there is a reunion. Co- oh that that risk's being that true, risk's Dom. being true. Well, maybe yeah, we if don't, I say it We now, don't want that to happen, so let, let's not prophesize it. Maybe if I prophesy it, it will definitely not happen because oh, I'll be yeah, wrong. Oh, yeah, that's good. Um, and in the world of sport... Yes. Oh, that controversy with the NRL players. I mean, I can't believe it. Why did they film it? Why did they film it? And how did they get that volume of drugs in a pandemic? Yes, It's like there's a semi-trailer of the stuff. Yes, it's like, because I thought they'd put on an Instagram filter, but that was actually just all the powder in the room. <laughs> it's <just> amazing. <sighs> Have we done everything? Is, is that and enough I, riffing on topical news? Well, what about the business news, Charles, for next oh, week? Yeah. What's the stock market doing on Thursday? Well, I must say, look, when I said last week that there'd be a massive crash in the uh, stock market and, and everything was going to go terribly wrong. You were you know, just trying to short it, weren't you? You were just trying to manipulate yeah. the market with your interest. I was just trying to short it, but, but actually it's turned out to be completely true. And anyone who took all their money out of the stock market on Friday has just made an absolute monster today. I think that's enough. Um. <laughs> it shows you how um, cookie cutter our podcast is. It is. We <laughs> just need. We should just basically spend a day recording about ten possible mm. scenarios and just copying and pasting the words in. The one thing that we haven't done is I haven't whinged about my life. So oh I yeah, Charles. Just have a, a quick whinge about that. Oh God. I hate everything. Oh, my God, everything's terrible. There Charles, you're a very negligent parent. Charles, you're a very yeah. poor businessman. Charles, your life is a complete shambles. <laughs> Should we just interview Nina? Is that a better way to do this? I think we could. And, I yeah. mean, the, the eagle-eyed um, fans of the podcast may suspect that our chat with Nina was slightly too short hit the same link that we've been going for with all the other episodes. But it is incredibly fun. Uh, Nina tells a great yarn. But before we do that, Charles, let's go to Rebecca Dina Muno in the Chaser Newsroom. A man who found time to drop by Hawaii in the middle of a massive bushfire crisis engulfing the nation has said that he's suddenly too busy to visit another country for a few days at the beginning of November. Scott Morrison said that he wanted to attend the climate change conference in Glasgow, but that it sounded like too much work and he'd heard the beaches there aren't very good. Peter Dutton has abruptly cancelled Australia's new space program just one day after it began. The Defence Minister pulled out of Australia's partnership with NASA after learning that space is full of illegal aliens. A local man has slammed the new Superman movie for being unrealistic after the creators decided to portray the character as bisexual. The man said that it was a tragedy that the movie makers would take Superman in such an unrealistic direction, seeing as the rest of the comic book character was based on fact. That's the latest Chaser news you can't trust. Remember to subscribe to the podcast in your app of choice. I'm Rebecca Dayunamuno, and I believe that I can do anything I want. Oh, sorry, I've just been doing a self-actualisation course, and that was one of the things I'm supposed to say. Oh, don't worry, I know I can't. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Nina Ayama is on our show every week, so we don't really need to introduce her. But what, Really? I've never heard of her. <laughs> She's one of Australia's most exciting uh, new stand-up comedians. I saw her show earlier in the year when that was when that was legal the last time, and she was absolutely excellent. She, the room was eating out of her hand. She's also the rudest person on Australian Twitter, which I very much enjoy. <laughs> Um, and she's been in all kinds of shows, hasn't she? Uh, Utopia and Question Everything. Was she she's on, on ev- Everything? Yeah, she's on Win every panel show. Every panel she's show. She's on everything. Yeah, yeah. Every podcast. She's basically everywhere all the time. We're genuinely flattered that Nina still makes time to speak to us here on the Chaser Report. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Nina Ayama. <laughs> if you've been on the internet this week, you've probably heard of the short story Bad Art Friend. Or it was more like a piece in the New York Times. It wasn't a short story. It was a write-up about a, two writers and one of them had written a short story. And it was very interesting because both of the writers were basically bad. But it all started off with this one lady called Dawn. And she's like this kind of unself-aware white lady who used to be part of a writer's group in Boston. And she donated a kidney. And then she made her kidney donation, her entire identity. And she made like group chats that are like, hey guys, just, you know, I donated my kidney. And then like every year she'd celebrate like happy kidneyversary. And she noticed that one of the people in the group chats that she thought was her friends from this writer's group in Boston, which is not where she lives anymore, um, wasn't responding. So she reached out to this lady and she asked her, hey, did you notice that I donated my kidney? And then the lady, who was also a writer, was like, yeah, that's a great job, dude. Anyway, so then after that, the kind of unself went, I'm going to call her kidney lady. Kidney lady and short story lady. Mm. So then kidney lady um, then gets paranoid that no one in the writer's group likes her. Even though, again, like she doesn't live there anymore. They're kind of like not that good friends but in her mind everyone's her friend and she gets this message from someone some night that's like oh the short story lady has written a story about a woman who donates a kidney and is like really proud of it and so kidney lady freaks out thinks the story is about her and then basically like sues the pants off short story lady oh (laughs) and the reason she sues the pants off short story lady is because there's a section of the short story where this white lady writes a letter to her future kidney donor and the kidney lady thought that it reminded her of a letter she had written in a group chat with the short story lady so that was her legal grounds is that it was plagiarism so i'm not allowed to make fun of in in a fictional story of someone i'm in a group chat with well so this is the I'm abandoning my, my novel based thing. on Charles's life now. That's 50,000 words down the drain. I support this legal precedent. <laughs> well, this is the thing that I kind of thought was interesting. So the short story lady, her short story is about a white woman who donates a kidney to a half Chinese lady. And the short story woman is also like half Asian. Basically, like it's very almost like an alternate universe where she is a recipient of the kidney and the white woman is the giver of the kidney. Like, she's changed the names and everything, but like the short story is essentially about like a fictionalized version of what would happen if the kidney donation was to her. Basically, this story blows up. Like it goes, she like wins all these awards. She's on the cover of some writing magazine next to a picture of Raymond Carver <laughs> because she's such an iconic short story writer. And the kidney lady sees this and it just makes her so furious. And so she like goes even harder in terms of the suing. And she like reaches out to Short Story Lady to be like, it's not fair for you to use my likeness. And Short Story Lady's like, you you just inspired it, but it's not your likeness, right? And this is the thing she says the whole time. It's nothing to do with you. It was kind of inspired by you, but it has nothing to do with you. And then... (laughs) 
And then Kidney Lady finds an earlier version of the story where the note written from the Kidney Lady in the fictional story is exactly the same as the note the original Kidney Woman wrote. Right. So she actually has legal grounds to be like, this woman plagiarized my writing. And then she goes even deeper and she gets all these like group chats that the short story lady is in turned over to the lawyer. And it turns out the short story lady and the writing friends of the kidney lady are all in gr- a group chat without the kidney lady just bitching about her. <laughs> just being like, look how dumb this kidney lady is. So she's right. <laughs> she was right all along. Everyone was making fun of her. The moral of the story is believe your gut instinct and perhaps don't donate a kidney. <laughs> yeah. Surely the only, she shouldn't sue over this. What she should do is write a short story about how awful it is when everyone in your writing group hates you behind your back and writes a short story about your life. And this actually happened to me. I wrote, I wrote a story about like Sydney Uni student politics a long time ago. And all these people went around for the next couple of years saying that they were the characters who had inspired the book. And, and their names were Charles Firth, <laughs> Julian Morrow, Craig Rucastle and Chaz. But one of them um, I didn't know at all. I'd never talked to her. I had no clue who she was. I, like, I'd seen her like one poster running. And so she was going for years going, I was the person who this whole novel was based on. And I honestly, <laughs> I don't know a thing about her. I'm going to sue her. I think that just says that, I, I think what you should have said about Sydney Uni kids is that they're all obviously cookie cutter uh, personalities. They all think. The, well, yeah, they're all they're all the massive narcissists, which is the point of the novel, admittedly. But <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I think it would be more like if you wrote that story, mm. and then the girl who claimed the character was based on her to yeah. yes, that's you. exactly right. Yeah, and um, then it, but then actually, it turned out that you had completely based it on her. yeah, and that you were I don't know what you did back in your day, like writing chain letters about how much mm. she sucked or yeah, with a quill on parchment, pigeon <laughs> sending pigeons <laughs> to and fro, Morse code, being like. This chick is crazy. This fucking... She's so desperate to have power in the student politics industry of you, Sid. Dot, dot, dash, <laughs> dot, dot, <laughs> dot, dash, dash, bitch, dash. Yeah. But the point of the story, apart from just making it about me in a crass way, which I always like to do, is that everyone starting out writing anything vaguely fictionalises their friends. That's what everyone mm. does in the history of creating fiction. Like Lena Dunham, when she's... Surely everyone who knew Lena Dunham was like, yeah... That character in Girls, that's me. Like, this is just what happens. You know where you can get away with it, though? And I'll say this as a biased member of this community, songwriting. Because you can make songwriting so... I don't think so. You don't think? I don't think so. I think every song is kind of about something or someone. Yeah, yeah. I think you can keep it vague, but internally, like, you know. Mm. That's it, yeah. Because I think the thing about songwriting that you can get away with a lot more than, I say, a short story or a novel format is vagueness and poetry. I've had people whose songs I've written about them come up to me going, is that song about me? And I go, oh, no, it's about this person. And they go, oh, okay. Because I can't prove anything. Metaphor covers everything. But you just lied and now they think it's about another person and they're going to find out they're going to sue you. I will say the funny thing about Kidney Lady is that it's very clear from the outset that she was not really that good a writer and the short story writer was quite a good writer. And also, I think that's part of the reason why the community sided with the actual good writer because it was clear that this like Kidney Lady was totally unself-aware and cringe. I would be on Kidney Lady's side if it mm. subsequently emerges that she never donated a kidney at any point and that she <laughs> created this entire the Helen Demidenko. No way, man. That's the only thing she has going for her. Like, she has nothing else that's redeemable. The only thing to me that's redeemable 
Oh, and that, and she also got the suspicion that everyone hated her, right? Yeah. But it is a weird thing that she herself has not written any published work and she's, like, her whole brain is wrapped up in the way that everybody's constantly trying to undermine her instead of the way that she could actually create art and move forward. And I think it is, there's something interesting mm. to be said for the fact that Kidney Lady is, like, a very bougie white lady who came from, like, a poor background but now lives, like, a very comfortable middle-class life in L.A. And the other lady comes from, like, a migrant background. And so, like, her attitude to the way she works is, like, completely different from this white lady who is, like, desperate to involve herself in the success of, like, a woman of colour by saying, I wrote this letter. But I will say the writer lady is also bad because, like, she did base this story on the kidney lady. And the whole time she's like, it's not based on you. You have nothing to do with it. And then all the group chats came out. It's like, you know, you exactly yeah. based the story on her. I just want to read the story now. I want to read what, what uh, writer lady wrote. Well, yes, but then someone wrote a story about the story for the New York Times, which is another level well, of Well, then awesome. this is the other interesting thing. So the characters in this, in this this with this short story writer, she wrote this story called The Kindness. And that's about a lady that donates a kidney. And in The Kindness, it's like very clear both the characters they're basically like both of them are wrong and they're unwilling to admit that they are wrong and then so it's weird because art then mimics life when <laughs> you know the real writer and then the actual kitty later both of them are also unwilling to admit how wrong they are which i think is very interesting like it's a you know it's like a story Prophecy. like yeah yeah like a life imitated art but the funniest thing is the reason that it's got a write-up in the new york times is because kidney lady reached out to the new york times and said a great injustice has been done against me <laughs> so then this author pens an entire article about it and it doesn't show her in a flattering light at all. It makes everyone seem extremely cooked. So she doesn't have any insight and she doesn't have a kidney. So I, <laughs> I want to meet a kidney lady because everyone who meets her goes on to produce incredibly successful works of writing. Yeah, she's like one of those people, like, um, you know how you meet those people who are, what are they called? Like foster home relationships where um, they always date someone right before that person finds their forever yes. home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she's like, she's like a muse. Her, her utter terribleness is a muse for great works of writing, quite clearly. Yeah. What are your thoughts of this in stand-up, Nina? Like, if you base a story on a real person, is that complicated? Is that difficult? I have a lot of stories that are, like, based on real people, and most people don't know because I make people seem so rude that everyone goes, did that actually happen? And I think because I, like, cherry-pick and then boost the rudeness or maybe slightly, you know with my deft artistic license, um, <laughs> exaggerate like moments of these interactions, I think I kind of get away with it. Right. But there have been moments where like, if I've known a certain person's going to be at the show, like I will take out some jokes. Oh, really? I think like there was a time where I was doing that, but then I realized I'd just re- I was just going to take out that joke entirely. And then I didn't have to worry about if anyone from the industry was going to figure out who I was talking about. I think if you did a, a set on this woman who... Um donated a kidney she might be able to spot it like, just. <laughs> but it is interesting because i think i don't know i i'm not a bitch but like but i think there are like some people that are like chronically unself-aware and so there is like an element to where you're like you are nice to people and civil to people because you don't want to cause conflict but like there are some people that you meet that you go oh that person's a 
a bit of a psycho mm. and then you definitely like make fun of them behind your back and I know this because you're doing it to me no but I think there's like people like, you meet like that and you always think that they don't notice and I think the thing that this article has shown is like no those <laughs> people are like very switched on to vibes mm. and they and that they can tell they've chosen um, to lie dormant until the time is right don't you think there's yeah. a big am I the asshole about this as well because th- there's someone who I know and Charles knows and we've known for decades who is so unself-aware that their Instagram posts are comedic. They are so funny. And Charles knows what I'm talking about. I can see it in his eyes. They are so (laughs) funny that every time there's a post, I text it to like five or six people because it is so perfect. That person's going to sue you. All your group chats are going to be exposed. Don't do it. Can I write a novel based on this person and try to to disguise it thinly enough? But then also, I actually read a novel that is exactly like this person's life by a person who can't possibly know them from a different country. So I just don't know what the ethics of this is, but this person is so hilarious that they demand well, I, to be fictionalised. I think the lesson is that you burn all the evidence. Like, burn yeah. the, the, Delete the group message chats. trail. Before you start writing the novel. I don't know. I reckon in three months, Heart Lady will come out and say, Kidney Lady stole a gag, you know? <laughs> oh, like there'll be a... Like another transplant. I hey, think- transplant. Oh, I was like, you only have one heart, Gabby. You can't like donate a heart and be alive to get angry and sue someone. <laughs> Happy five years around the sun with this new beat boy. <laughs> I do like the fixations on kidneys, though, because mm. there is this weird obsession, I think, if, with pop culture and kidneys like the selena gomez kidney Mm. thing like it is this i don't know great deed yeah back in the day we made many jokes about kerry packer's kidney that he got from his helicopter pilot um yeah and like just think how much earlier kerry packer would have died but for getting that kidney i remember my first impersonation the way you'd get into the kerry packer impersonation it would be give me a kidney Give me your fucking kidney. Well, now the, the famous kidney getter is Selena Gomez. Mm. Yes. And because it's so deeply ingrained in pop culture, multiple shows have made jokes about her kidney transplant or her kidney donor or whatever. And whenever it happens, she gets really angry. And she's like, stop talking about my kidneys. It's a very, I think it's a very funny object in the body. <laughs> I've got to be really honest. We didn't do a proper outro at this point. We just kept talking for the next half hour. Hey, we were just about to go on holidays. But Nina has heaps of gigs coming up. You can catch her show. Nina Riyama is doing me right now. It's coming to Melbourne next week. It's going to Brisbane and Perth very, very soon. Lots of details at laughingstock.com.au or just follow Nina on the socials and I'm sure she'll plug them on there. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, Charles, what an exhausting week of long interviews this hasn't been, given that we recorded them all last week. Only one to go. Oh, I'm exhausted. I uh, I might have to take next week off just to take a break from my break. But tomorrow is probably the longest interview that we've done. It's Saul Griffith, who is probably one of the most extraordinary people in the world when it comes to clean energy and breakthrough technology. So keep an eye out for that in your feed tomorrow. Catch you then.